0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zones. Every week we talk to Craig Bollerjack and Joe Ingles. And PK, this week we got actual basketball developments to talk to both guys about. How about that? How weird is that? Sweet. Disorienting. Bizarre. (laughs) But Bogdanovich's surgery opens up. All kinds of question marks, assuming the league starts, as we expect they're going to. So the Jazz go back and play whatever it turns out to be. I think they will be, you know, 10-ish regular season games, give or take a little bit. And then the playoffs. And so for these games, and then more obviously, you know, how far do you advance in the playoffs? And, and for the Jazz to advance, how are they going to replace a guy who scores 20 points a game? How are they going to replace a three-point shooter who gets, a, first off, he takes a lot of threes. He makes a good percentage of them, and at the same time, makes his teammates better because it creates space for them to work. When the defense does slide towards him, maybe Joe Ingles is open on the other side, or maybe there's room for Donovan Mitchell to uh, drive, or maybe the team's caught in a scramble, they don't block out, so Rudy gets an offensive rebound and a dunk. I mean, there's lots of things that all plays into each other, and losing a guy who scores 20 points a game, is that going to mean more shots for Joe, or is that going to mean the defense is going to stick closer to Joe and he won't get more opportunities? I think in a way, and we can run this past Bowler and Joe, but I think this is going to this is going to shift the spotlight back to Mike Conley. You know, how much of the load can he pick up? Certainly, earlier in his career, when an offense was structured differently, he was a big time scorer. Now that wasn't as much his role here because there were so many guys who could score. But man, twenty points a game—they're going to need somebody to pick that up.
1: Well, I got the perfect solution. One and? word: Jimmer. <laughs>
0: Troublemaker. <laughs> Isn't it obvious, guys? No, it really isn't. It really, really isn't.
1: (laughs) The guy can score. You need need points. He can
0: score. You need a big guy who can score. They don't need to make a small backcourt even smaller.
1: What's the difference? As long as the ball's going in the hoop, you don't give you more or less
0: points depending on your height. DJ it's, it's time to bring in Craig Bowler It's time to bring in Craig Bowler Jack and ignore <laughs> Patrick Kennahan. Bowler joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hello, gentlemen. Actual How real bowlers? basketball
2: news. It's unbelievable, Bowler. Yeah, no, I know. It's actually like, is it beginning? Is it really true? Could it happen? Yes. Could it happen?
0: Yes, I think it could. I think it will. So I think it will. The question is, when they start playing, obviously, Bogdanovich will not be playing because Bogey's having the wrist surgery, and he's 20 right. points a game. He's taken seven three-pointers per game. He was a big part of the offense. Which player or possibly two or three players are going to shoulder most of that load?
2: Oh, man. Well, I would think uh, off the bat, uh, off the top of my head, you got to have uh, probably more minutes uh, by George Niang, uh, more play time, both potentially opens for Jordan Clarkson. Uh, those are the two. And uh, obviously, Joe Ingles, I would think. Those are three guys that come to mind. They've got scoring ability and uh, the three-point shot that obviously is in vogue in this league. So those are the three guys that I would uh, put to the forefront. But yeah, it's gonna I be think a big so. Loss. It's a big loss, too, though. I mean, look, Bogdanovich not only, I think, you know, has has proven himself as a versatile player in this league, but also, you know, there's uh, just just who he is, a team guy, locker room guy, on-the-floor guy, uh, it'll be a big hit. But, again, if you're going to move past round one, you got to be deep enough, PK, I think, as we've noticed. You know, that's what the Jazz got Clarkson for was for depth, and he's going to come into play. And, and if they do actually get into the, into the, uh, the playoff rounds.
1: I think that if you had to have this type of situation happen during a season, this is the perfect season for it. Because at this point now, it's so screwed up. And to me, I don't want to say they'll just be playing for the the fun of it. But obviously, it'll be a weird situation. So it's best to get it done now so he can come back for the full season next season. If that season starts in December, whenever it starts. So for here, actually, I think it's a perfect opportunity for other guys. Because I don't think there's going to be that big playoff pressure this season so you know we're always on on edge what's going to happen so you know, if they open up on the road can they get a split or if they open up at home can they win their two games all that stuff's out the window so now the way I look at it for these guys they're all NBA players obviously but there's not going to be that pressure that it usually is so just go out and play and in that regard who knows what's going to happen
2: yeah I agree I think too if whatever the Adam Silver and the group Whatever the plan is that they allegedly are going to release on June one, PK uh, is look how many you know how many days you get to practice, and then do you actually have any games at all? Do you play any of the final eighteen games uh, to reset maybe the the playoff pairings? Who knows? Uh, but you, I think it's a good point. I'm not sure how the players mentally will be into this. I know that this is a financial. Uh, you know, the potential of finance, financial gain as they are, you know, revenue, shares, that does come into play, television, ownership, and all that. But I, I just don't know if the same intensity. There may be a surprise winner here, I think, is the point you're making is because, yeah, you know, h- how do you really refocus after three months of this, right? And how do you rebuild your body for this? And how do you handle knowing a way knowing that you could be away from the family, or maybe they do appease the players and allow them to go to, you know, and stay in, in Orlando at Disney, at Disney World. I don't know how it's all going to work, but they all have concerns. But I'm not sure of the mental side of it of how many of them will be focused on particularly playing, which I think really makes this intriguing on what team actually will be the better uh, focused team. And that, that, that may be the biggest key to it all.
0: It feels like if it's Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Well, certainly if it's Lakers or Clippers, it'll be a real championship because those guys are led by star players. So a lot of the way, you know, Duncan, it was an asterisk with the first one, but by the time he's done with five, they all blend together. And, you know, somebody had to win in the shortened season, and if it had been a full season, somebody would have won, and why not Duncan? He won four other times. And so I think now with the Bucks, it would be – onto Kempo's first, but I think a lot of people are anticipating he's gonna get one. Certainly with the Lakers and Clippers, their star players already have multiple ones. But beyond that, it would be an asterisk. Do you really think that some team could come out and take down two or three of those elite teams? Or they all, they could all be ill prepared and shocked in the first or second round?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think PK's right. I, I this is an unpredictable situation. I mean, this is something that no one could have predicted. And I think it changes the whole atmosphere. I'm not sure, again, guys, just really the, the mental and physical um, preparation that goes into this, into a season of 82 and beyond with preseason games and postseason play. Uh, you know, it just will intrigue me to see if they can regain the focus, the hunger. And which teams say, you know, we're the seventh seed. Look, let's prepare, stay healthy, and get ready for December. If that's in, indeed where they're going to try to restart twenty uh, twenty-one, so uh, there could be some. So I, I would not be surprised that there are big surprises if they do have postseason play. I really, I just, I just think mentally, this is, you know, it's, it's a crapshoot. If Jordan was playing, it would be a hell of a test for him, too, in my mind. I really do. But who steps up? And you know what? The rumor is on Tacumbo Is he going to move past the Milwaukee Bucks? That will be intriguing, too, to see where everybody's mindset is. And LeBron knows age is starting to creep up on him as well. Um, so, yeah, the storylines will be there, but I think you'll see an upset or two along the way. So, and maybe that's good for basketball, too. But I think this season will always have an asterisk by it, too, uh, no matter what.
0: Craig Bolderjack joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Walt Perrin, how well did you get to know him in his time here? What kind of a loss is that for the club with him taking the job with the Knicks?
2: I've got a lot of respect for Walt. I don't know him on a daily you know, basis, but friendly and have spoken you know multiple times over the years and just an incredible individual uh, you know he's got an eye uh, he's traveled the world to try to turn a stone and and find that one player that can you know impact a franchise uh, like the you know for the Utah Jazz and just a pleasant man to be around I know he's well respected and obviously well respected around the league so you know, what he's been able to accomplish here and the players that he's found. Uh, you know, the preparation for the Jazz is about Walt and Dennis and, and others. But, you know, he saw players that intrigued him, and that's why Utah led the pack, really, in bringing players in for the offseason workouts prior to the draft, pre-draft workouts, where this place was as busy as any place in the NBA. Uh, they wanted to develop players, as you guys know. Uh, they wanted to have players in their hip pocket in case they went overseas, and they had a potential diamond in the rough that they could still, you know, keep an eye on to see what how he was that individual was in, was uh, developing. So, yeah, it's a big loss. You know what? It's a huge task for him in New York, as we know what the the Knicks franchise has been now for a couple of decades, and I'm not sure it's going to change under the ownership. But at least he gets an opportunity uh, to go to the Big Apple and maybe try to – well, he will. That's the goal is to rebuild the New York Knicks uh, with young, talented players. Uh, The process could take time, obviously, but also mixing in some free agents. But that whole scheme up there and the whole – you know, their payroll and everything that's happened in New York has frustrated many, many Knicks fans. And he's got himself quite a job. But for the Jazz – It's a loss. There's no doubt. It is a loss for Utah to lose Walt Perrin.
1: So, do you think they go inside or outside to replace him?
2: You know, that's a great question, PK. I don't know if they just absorb it under the current financial situation. If they try to go stay inside the organization and spread those duties around, Dave Fredman has been with the Jazz since the the New Orleans days, Uh, Richard Smith. Uh, Smithy, as we know him, is a guy that pops into my head about you know you know increasing his duties and what uh, and, and Fredman as well and a few other young young individuals that are you know kind of just sitting in the wings, waiting for their opportunity. So uh, they may go outside for some help, but they could I could see definitely under under the circumstances uh, they could stay the in house as well. They've got quite a uh, an interesting scouting system around the world. And again, there's 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 many individuals who come and go throughout the season that you don't know well, but they are stationed overseas, and you know one of those one of those individuals may be someone they promote, or they just try to uh, continue as as they are now, but absorb it into the into the uh, into the franchise.
0: So, Bowler, you hear any? Uh, as we get closer to this, you you talk to any other broadcasters? You hear any other dirt? Or are you just hearing what we're hearing?
2: <laughs> I want the gossip, so Bowler. Give me yeah, the dirt. I, I hear I hear some dirt. I've talked to half a dozen guys around the league, and uh, they feel kind of the same way. I think everyone in the NBA they want to work. Uh, they hope that this plan is one that involves them, us, as local regional broadcasters, I think that's the biggest concern is that, you know, as much as all of us miss the game, our job is to go, you know, call games. And what if we're not involved? And that's a real possibility. I mean, I may not be in an arena, sadly, and I'm not happy about it. But, you know, look, I can't control it, but may not be able to be in an arena until, you know, December or 2021. I don't know how this is gonna work. Everyone that I've talked to has these incredible ideas and plans. It's really interesting to just hear what they think, what their franchises may be hinted uh, you know about going into the arena, how they're gonna be handled, what type of uh, screening process, uh, seating, when would fans truly return in you know in a sellout situation. A few at a time, baby steps, toe in the water—all those things you hear. And I think all the, the common thread to this conversation is: you think we'll get to broadcast, and um, you know we always have the right in a in a normal situation to broadcast round one of the playoffs. But we all agree that the most the, the likelihood is if there's any broadcast. 99% of it's going to be done through national television. Uh, and if we would broadcast, potentially, maybe in a studio. But uh, thats I'm not prepared, preparing myself to uh, – I'm not getting my hopes up too high for that as much as I'd love to be a part of the, of the postseason.
1: So do you think that basically we are – a high percentage, I don't know, whatever that percentage you want to put on, as far as next season, not starting on the regular time that it's actually pushed back?
2: You know, the, that seems to be, and again, I have no true clue, PK. You hear a lot of the same, same things, but, you know, the, the, the rumors, the target seems to be making a splash uh, to reenter the sporting world, Uh, in the holiday season, which would be December. And if that happens, uh, then it really pushes the season even further, most likely into June and July of next year as well. I think think everyone's going to have to sit back, and there's going to be some changes, uh, in my opinion, and I think we're all just going to have to try to understand and live with them if they're permanent, you know, if this and you guys have talked about this, does the league truly want to try to ease their way away from an October start, meaning that the NFL's in full swing as is college football, and do they want to try to reestablish their own starting point so that they're the centerpiece of of the eyeballs of the sporting world? And it, it's it's a hell of a thought, uh, again sponsorship television contracts scheduling all those things come into play because right now it's kind of a perfect machine on how everything trends you know PK how it goes it just it's a smooth transition most of the time but I think everybody wants to be the story the story during a certain time of the year so maybe this is an opportunity that you know Adam Silver retools how the league approaches their scheduling. I don't know, you know, because before all this, right, there was talk about the end-season tournaments, and that was intriguing, but I'm not sure if that would take hold with the Players Association. But again, I think Adam Silver, much like David Stern, was always trying to continue to keep the game fresh and exciting for the fans to see if they couldn't, you know, continue to gain ratings but also maintain interest. And I'm anxious to see how this all plays out.
0: Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Good to talk to you with some real basketball news out there.
2: Yeah, it is good. I you know it's baby steps. It's like I know the cliche of putting your toe in the water, but at least you got your shoe off, right, and and the toes in. And hopefully we'll get more and somebody jumps in. But, you know, it's got to be done right. And I think the players' safety obviously is – and the fans' safety is uh, paramount. And we'll see which direction we go. I know Joe's up. Tell him, hey, have a cup of Joe. No pun intended. <laughs> Too late. Thanks, Bye Bowler. Now, thanks. <laughs> See you, guys.